0: Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Telling the Story podcast, a look at how journalists and all of us reach the world. I am Matt Pearl, author of the Telling the Story blog and a reporter at NBC in Atlanta. It is an exciting episode and a unique episode. I'll get to why in a second. But before we get to that, three quick requests. First, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is the best podcast app I know. It keeps a playlist of your favorite shows and then automatically updates with new episodes so you don't have to download all of them and take up all that space on your phone. Just download the Stitcher app and subscribe to the Telling the Story podcast. Second, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. If you like what you hear and you want more people to hear it, the best way to do that is is by reviewing this podcast on iTunes, as that just helps this podcast jump into more people's feeds. So again, if you like what we do here and you want more people to hear it, please submit a kind review. And finally, check out my book, The Solo Video Journalist. It is a how-to guide for those in local TV who do it all, shooting and editing their own stories. It's got advice from the best one-person crews in the business. That is The Solo Video Journalist, available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and the publisher's website. This podcast is all about developing your voice as a journalist. I believe it is not just enough to know how to tell a story. It's about telling meaningful stories. It's about having something to say. And that's the goal with each episode. It's particularly the goal with this episode. I get asked to speak a lot to college classes and and groups, journalism classes, And I'm typically asked to speak about two areas, the craft and the business. Professors and students want me to show my work, discuss how I produce stories, advise how to navigate the media landscape, and in general, impart the wisdom of a broadcast professional. And those are important, but in my mind, not the most important thing that college students need to hear. In one of my first blog entries, I wrote about what I learned and didn't learn in journalism school. Here's what I said I didn't learn. I didn't learn how to tell a story, at least in the advanced sense, the way I do today. I didn't learn about the cold, hard reality of the industry. And I didn't learn how to battle bureaucracy. Here's what I learned. I learned a foundation outside of journalism that I apply to my work as a journalist. I learned to think critically about my field, about my work, and about my goals. And I learned from a variety of instructors that what we do is important and what we do is valued. In short, I learned how to develop my voice. I thought of this when I received the chance last week to give the keynote speech at the induction banquet of the University of Georgia's Di Gamma Kappa Broadcast Society. It was a terrific event. It was on my birthday, which meant that they actually brought out dessert with a candle on it for me and sang happy birthday. That was a new experience. I decided that when I spoke with this group of about 30 to 35 college journalism students, I would encourage them in the way that had worked for me, by imploring them to think big and have something to say. I recorded that speech and uh, present it here now in this episode. Now, I will warn you in advance, the audio is not great, and I apologize for that. I think, ultimately, the audio is clear enough and the message important enough that the podcast should be valuable, especially to those of you who are just getting started and maybe to those of you who want a little bit of a kickstart or a jumpstart about the importance of having a voice. I think too many journalists in the business today are so caught up in daily deadlines and making slot that they don't always think about the bigger goals and the bigger picture. So I'm trying to encourage that in our students and, and really encourage them to think about that now before they get into the business, before things get even busier than they are when those students are in college. So Here, without further ado, is the speech. I hope you enjoy it. And I'm interested to hear what you think. Here at UGA, I don't know if you all know that. Go, dogs. Go, dogs. And since I became a student, (laughs) y'all are 6-0 in football. You're welcome. And what? Because of the defense this (laughs) year. Yeah, but but really, though? And I did something uh, for this talk with you guys that I never do when I speak at workshops or conferences or classes. I took notes. And I wrote it all out. And that's not because I don't care about the other things, because those are all great, and I prefer to speak off the cuff. But I was thinking about what an opportunity this is. As you know, it is my birthday, and thank you guys for the very pleasant surprise of the But usually when I speak to students and journalists, they are either in the business or about to be in the business. And some of you are in your senior years now. But many of you are right in the middle of college. And it's a very, very unique time in your lives. And there aren't enough people speaking to you. So when I was asked to speak at this event by someone who I respect a great deal, I said yes pretty quickly. Right? Yes, you did. Right. Right. Take (laughs) it right Right. Right. back. (laughs) <laughs> so, And I wrote it out, I wrote out, I, I thought about what I was going to say to you guys for a long time and, and I wrote it out over the last few days. And the first thing that, that I want to make very, very clear is that Noel did uh, such a wonderful job of kind of reading my bio and, and talking about the way I tell stories a little bit. And we have a few dynamic Kappas at Let Them Alive in the lab, and I asked them, you know, what the f- are the students going to want to hear? And they said, well, They're going to want to hear about, you know, how you got to Atlanta, how you, you know, what it's like to work in a newsroom in Atlanta, what it's like to be in a big market and and deal with everything that comes with that. I'm going to talk about none of those things. So, I'm telling you, right away, we're not going to cover any of that, but in a way we're going to cover all of that. And the big thing that I'm going to impart to you is one piece of advice that I'm going to give you right off the bat, I'm not going to make you wait 20 minutes, I'm going to tell you <laughs> in minute one, the one piece of advice that I hope you all take away from what we talk about tonight. It is one sentence, or one piece of advice, three sentences, six words. Think big, start small, act now. Now, I didn't learn this in Jason. I didn't come up with it as I was writing it last night. I read this little piece of wisdom ten years ago in a book about the green economy. I can't tell you anything else about that book, but I can tell you that that statement, which was a throwaway quote in a book about a bigger subject, stood out to me and has stuck with me ever since. Think big. Start small. Act now. It's a simple concept, right? So with whatever you want to achieve in life, you should think big. Don't be bound by false ceilings. Don't limit yourself before you even give yourself a chance. But, in order to reach those big dreams, you have to think about them and start small. You take a series of steps that gradually get you closer to that higher goal. And those steps begin with something you can do right away, so why wait? Act now. Think big, start small, act now. Now you didn't invite me here for one catchy saying, I don't think. You invited me here for insight on the job of doing, being a broadcast journalist, getting a job, learning how to make it as a broadcast journalist. But what does that mean, to make it? Let me repeat some warnings that you've probably heard before. The average broadcast journalist doesn't make a lot of money. The average, the above-average broadcast journalist doesn't make a lot of money. The above-average broadcast journalist doesn't work in a top-10 market like Atlanta, or a top-20 market like Sacramento. The above-average broadcast journalist works some variation of nights, weekends, holidays, the above-average broadcast journalist most of the time carries a camera and a tripod when they tell the story. So, the career of an above-average broadcast journalist is filled with reasons to get out. You go to an amazing school with so many majors where you can be above-average and live a wonderful, stable, lovely
1: life and have (laughs) off awful
0: thanksgiving. Is great. You're here at Grady, you're here at DiGamma Kappa because you don't want to be above average. You want to lead a mark. You want to be invited to come back here in ten years and give your own keynote speech. You want to lead. And that means you want to think big. So, let's talk about that. Think big, start small, act now. What does it mean to think big? probably seems easy, right? You probably all, each of you has a big dream. That they see themselves doing, have a grand goal, you have a dream job, right? Mine was a a pretty simple one. I wanted to be the play by play broadcaster for the New York Jets, right? That wasn't my grand plan in college either, that was my grand plan in kindergarten. So I would turn down the TV when the jets were on and do little broadcasts into like a Playtech microphone or something like that. Oh, yeah, my parents thought it was really cute too. They were all about. So when I got to college, and we're at the age where many of you are now, I started small, right? I did what many of you probably did. I joined the student radio station so I could do play-by-play. I joined the student TV station so I could get on-air experience. And in that time, I started to realize that I actually liked TV a little more. And, no small factor, I felt like I could actually get a job in TV out of college, whereas play-by-play jobs are really hard to come up. You have to really sacrifice. To get started So I went into TV. So then my think big, big plan became I want to be a big time sports center. I want to cover the big time sports leagues, your NFLs, your Major League Baseball, your NBA. So I started small. Sioux City, Iowa, small. Market 144, small. And when I was there, my start small was to make sure that I did what I could in my position to. Get those little morsels of experience. So I volunteered to drive three hours to the University of Nebraska so that I could cover a Division I college football. I made it a point to do two packages a week, even though my job at the time was a one-man sports department. So I was responsible for producing, shooting, editing, writing, and anchoring two sports casts a night, Monday and Friday. But I wanted to tell stories. So I kept doing packages. I made the time. And then I got a call from a news director in Buffalo, New York. America's fourth snowy city. <laughs> My sister visited me there once in January and never came back. <laughs> but for me, it was a dream. Because I was going to get to cover sports in Buffalo, the NFL, the NHL. That's what I wanted. But there was one little catch. I wasn't hired to only cover sports. I was also hired to do quite a few jobs that I didn't really want to do news report, sports producing, and I knew I would have to do that in addition to following my dream. So I started small. I made my goal to crush every single story I did. So that when I did it, I wanted it to stand out. And it didn't matter to me if it was sports or news, I was going to get better. I asked advice of every photographer, and I just picked, I was a sponge for everything that I could find. And I discovered that, Actually, I actually really liked doing news stories. I really liked telling stories of people, and it didn't really matter to me whether or not they threw a ball for a little bit. So I started heading in that direction, and it paid off. In 2008, my news director gave me an amazing assignment to go cover the Democratic National Convention by myself in Denver at age 26. I was 50 feet from Barack Obama he accepted the nomination. And when I got back, My news director called me into her office and said that uh, we already knew that she had gotten the job to become the news director at a station in Atlanta, called the Live. And she said to me, she wanted to bring me down. The only catch, full-time news job, no more sports. And I was ready. So I came down to Atlanta. Big market. People have won Emmys and Murals and Peabody's. And again, I decided to kind of adjust my Think Big goal a little bit. I decided that my goal was now, my passion is now to be a world-class storyteller, and that I was going to do what I could to get to that point. So the same strategy, starting small. Every assignment I got in Atlanta, I really just I went through it, I would pick it apart after I was done with it, try to get better, and that has paid off. That has turned into assignments like what Noelle talked about. Covering the Olympics three times going to the Super Bowl this year and having a great time up until the fourth quarter. (laughs) And that was two weeks after I was in Washington covering the inauguration. So, if you had asked me when I was in college if I wanted to do any of this stuff, I might have said the Super Bowl, but the other stuff I never would have imagined. But, think big, start small, act now has gotten me a long way. And it's not just in broadcasting. I decided about five, six years ago, you know, it would be amazing if I wrote a book. Suddenly, the idea of a long form writing just sounded really appealing. I was like, you know, I want to spread my wings and tell the world what's up. But I don't know if you know this writing a book is really difficult, it really takes a lot of time. So, I started small. So I decided I would start a blog that would force me to commit to writing one day a week and writing original content. And before I knew it, I had the confidence to think that I can write a 200-page book about solo video journalism. Last fall, roughly a year ago, that book got published. I'm a published author, and not self-published author, like an academic publisher actually looked at this idea and said, yes, we want (laughs) to make this into a print thing that exists. And by the way, since I'm not talking about uh, a lot of nitty-gritty broadcast stuff, now I will tell you that that book is actually a very good guide for that. It's a complete how-to, step-by-step guide to solo video journals and called the solo video journals. So I would recommend it for those of you who probably are hoping to get a lot of bad advice from me tonight. So, there are a few morals here. The obvious one is each of my goals for thinking big seemed more attainable when I broke it down and focused on those first steps of starting small. But there are other lessons here too. I didn't achieve every think big goal that I had. I'm not doing play by play for the Jets. I'm not a sports anchor. But I stayed flexible and I kept growing. And my big goals changed. And we all changed as we all grow. And I would have been less prepared to think big about new goals had I not started small and acted now on the old ones. Now let's turn to you. What's your think big goal? What is your dream job? We all have one. I know y'all have. Maybe you want to be working the red carpet at the Oscars. Maybe you want to be a foreign correspondent. Bring the stories of the world to the people of the States. Right? These are massive goals, and you should all have them. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's a YouTube channel. Maybe it's hosting your own newscast on Netflix. I don't know what it is. Only you know your dreams. But don't be afraid to write them down and think them out. Think through what it will take. For you to reach that big goal. And then, start small. That means asking yourself, what are the first steps you need to take? What are things you can do that seem reasonable to you right now to get you to that goal? You're mostly sophomores and juniors in college, so that probably means to you guys, you know, finding an internship at a station that does what you want to do. It's getting that on-campus experience. Joining the student TV station or the red and black or wherever else will help you grow. Do these things and you'll be well on your way To becoming an above average broadcaster. But as we know, that's not what you do. You don't want to be above average. So that means the start small for you guys doesn't just involve how to get ahead in your career. It starts with having something to say. And that starts with knowing who you are. Each of you in this room has a perspective that is unique to you. You all live unique lives. You all represent different perspectives, and those perspectives have value that is unique depending on what you're in. What's my value in this room? I'm in the business now. I've had success in the business. I'm 36, so I can tell you what the first email looked like. And, uh, good. <laughs> I'm Jewish, which means in my newsroom, I'm one of the few people who can explain our holidays. And that's how <laughs> Now what makes you different? It's everything, right? It's the town where you grew up, it's your religion, it's your sexual orientation, it's your gender, it's your life experiences. Identify those qualities that are in you and then think critically about them. Understand how who you are affects what you think. You need to be able to explain these perspectives to people who don't share them, especially if you represent a population that is underserved. And it seems wild to say this in a room where like 6% of the population is male, But to the women in the room, you are part of that underserved community. And you need to know that your voices need to be loud. And I say that because, again, I'm nearly twice most of your ages, but I can't tell you what it's like to be a woman. I can't tell you what it's like to be a person of color. Those are experiences that you have firsthand. And that is valuable, and that is necessary. Today's media world is a sea of voices, and if you happen to have a voice that's not being represented enough, then you need to make that voice heard. But that's not enough. If you want to have something to say, you can also start small by seeking out those perspectives that are not good, that challenge you. Journalism is rarely about telling your story. It's about telling the world's stories, stories of people who will entrust you and have faith in you to do right by them. And just as you bring a singular perspective to the world, so will all of those people who will let you into their lives. So take an honest look at where you fall short. You may never know firsthand how it feels to be black, or Muslim, or a woman, or a man, or grow up in the city, or grow up in the country. We all have room to grow, but you can surround yourself with voices that give you a view. This campus has 27,000 undergraduate students representing every faith, heritage, and background there is. And if we're being honest, if we look in this room, this is not a representative sample of every faith, heritage, and background. That means it's on you guys to go out and make sure that you surround yourselves with diversity, with people who disagree with you, with people who will challenge you. Because that is how you develop your own voice and know exactly what you think and have something to say. That's how you start small. And once you know, and have done that, starting small, or rather, once you know how you wish to start small, it's time to act now, right? For each of these goals, what can you do this week? And there's one big challenge question that I have for all of you tonight, it's that. What can you do by the time you go to sleep tonight that will better your career and get you to that think big goal? Maybe it's writing a journal entry days or your heritage. Maybe it's Googling stations in Atlanta that have internships this summer. Maybe it's taking out your phone and practicing the basics of photography, which you can do. Your phone's almost as good as a lot of cameras that people, people are using today. There is not a goal that is so large that it cannot begin this week with one step. And when I say this week, when I say act now, it's really important for those of you in this room who are not at seniors, and who are seniors, but it's really important for a reason that you may not even realize right now. Your student status gives you the power to produce. The media landscape has never been more open to experimentation and ambition. You can go online right now and start a WordPress press blog for free. You can record your first podcast episode into the Voice Memos app on your phone. You can shoot 4K video on your iPhone, edit a package on iMovie, and post it to YouTube and Facebook without ever having to get a job at a TV news station in America. Right? The more you do, the more you do. You're in college. You can take advantage of that landscape without having to deal with all of the media bull. something. <laughs> <laughs> My business is notorious for taking idealistic young minds like yours and pounding them with cynicism. I have known so many people who are not that much older than all of you who feel stuck and burned out in their jobs and are not getting better because they're letting the industry dictate to them rather than the other way around. This is the time to start establishing your voice and to get good at what you do and to know what exactly it is that you really like doing. You want to think big. Just make sure you think big the right way. So what does that mean? Thinking big means being open to changing course, especially early in your careers. When I graduated college 14 years ago. Here is a list of all of the modern-day journalism staples that did not exist then. I'm about to show my age to y'all, and it's fine because it's a bigger point. So here's what did not exist 14 years ago. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Google Maps, Google Translate, 360 video, 4K video, HD video, cell phone video, cell phone cameras, cell phones with the internet, wireless internet, the word podcast. That's all in 14 years. Now, I know 14 years for most of you is the majority of your life so far, but it's a quarter of my career. That's it. I'm going to be doing this a very, very long time. college Barack Obama was a state senator and Donald Trump hadn't even started The Apprentice yet (laughs) now now they're U.S. presidents and think of what happened just this morning, our U.S. president spoke of NBC and CNN as fake news these are stations many of you probably would love to work at someday, the president called them fake news and he spoke of the press writing what it wants to write as quote frankly disgusting, now I'm not going to weigh in on this I just bring it up to say to you that the climate of news is changing daily. And you have to be willing to be in that culture. Think about that. Everything that happened in the last 14 years. What's going to happen in the next 14 years after you guys graduate here? Who knows? What's going to happen in the next 40 years when you all are in your 50s and you be grizzled veterans in this business? What kind of stories will you all be doing? We don't know. And that's the beauty of journalism, and it's also what can scare the hell out of you. And if you lock yourself into one goal, you not only make yourself less attractive to employers, but you'll also close yourself off to the myriad of changes that you can't even see coming. You will be a dinosaur before you get your first job. And it's amazing to me to be speaking to a broadcast society, because if all of you think of yourselves as specifically broadcast journalists, are in the wrong business, you should learn how to do everything. Learn how to get good at social media. Learn how to write narrative and print. Learn it all because you never know what's going to come in handy down the road. When I was in college, very true story, during my days at the student radio station, I would sneak in at 11, 12 o'clock on like Tuesday nights and take my guitar and lay down songs. Into the Pro Tools app on uh, on the computers. We had a studio where local bands would come to record. I would go in at 11 o'clock and midnight and lay down some tracks. And I put down a- I put out an <laughs> album. In college, it's called Four Years in the Making. You can't find it anywhere, so don't go <laughs> looking. <laughs> and I put out two more after that. I think I made about 50 bucks selling them to my fraternity brothers, so it's very (laughs) (laughs) And that's all well and good, but the fact is, when I started my podcast a few years ago, guess who laid down the music track to introduce the podcast? You never know what your skills will help you produce, so don't limit yourself. Learn it all, and be willing to try it all. Think big. business will not ask your permission to assign you nights, weekends, holidays, and many other times where you will not want to work. It will not hesitate to pay you way less than a lot of your friends who are going to graduate the same day and work way fewer hours. That's the business you're choosing. And you may, as I did, resign yourself to paying your dues in your early 20s. I went out to Iowa, I went to Buffalo, and I came back, made it through, and here I am today. And that's all really good. You should be ready to do that. But you should also think about What do you want your life to look like in your 30s? What do you want it to look like in your 50s? What will you value? What will you want? I know it's tough right now, but these are the things that not enough college students are thinking about. It's easy to look two or three years ahead and feel like I can take this on. But remember, you're choosing a life journey. You're choosing a life direction. Don't take that life. I'm a way different person now than I was 10 years ago. Desire for Waffle House has gone way down. <laughs> way down. When I moved to Atlanta, I had Waffle House like three times in the first two weeks. I think I've had it three times in the last five years, is that right? Probably. Probably. Yeah. And I can tell you this: out of everything I've accomplished, the biggest two things that I've ever done have not been in a newsroom. It's been marrying the love of my life, Karen, over there. And thank you, Dotie. It's very good. <laughs> And it's knowing that in five months we will give birth to our first child. That's what makes me the proudest. Sorry, I didn't mean to get all big with you guys. <laughs> now, I would imagine for many of you, your priority is family as well. Maybe it's something else, maybe it's travel, maybe it's something that only of you know. But the point that only you know, and only you can be a voice for those dreams in your career and in the rest of your life. You cannot define yourself by how you earn a paycheck. So, having said all that, I will say this. I'm happy to take any questions that you guys have. It has been a thrill to get to talk with all of you today. I'm happy to watch your stories and provide my thoughts. I will ask all of you to email me at mpearl11 at 11alive with anything you'd like me to critique or any show you'd like me to just give some feedback on. That is what I live for is getting to be able to give back because so many have given to me. So do not take that as lip service. I am absolutely happy to do it. So take advantage of that. You can follow me on Facebook at Matt Pearl 11alive and reach me by messaging me there. Or you can email me again at mpearl at 11alive.com. And I don't Want to underestimate or understate the importance of craft, it is really important that you learn how to shoot, write, edit, how to conduct a compelling interview, how to work sources for stories. Those will all be valuable, and you can really, those are the building blocks with which you will produce strong stories. Just remember that your goal should not be to produce strong stories, your goal should be to lead, to be a leader, to leave a mark. To think big. Think big. Start small. Act now. And thank you for the privilege of talking to you. This evening. Speaking to that group at Di Gamma Kappa was such a pleasure. I spoke afterwards with most of the students that were there. I stayed about forty-five minutes after the speech because so many people wanted to talk and ask for advice and and. Kind of give their own thoughts, and it was just really a great experience. Great way to spend a birthday. Uh, I had not considered that before as a as an ideal birthday dinner, but uh, it was a wonderful time, and uh, I was very very thankful to get the opportunity to do it. I hope this podcast was valuable for you. Again, let me know what you think. You can email me at matt at com. You can find me at Facebook at matt pearl eleven alive, and of course you can leave a comment uh, on. The show notes page for this episode number fifty seven. The Telling the Story blog updates every Monday and Wednesday. The website is tellingthestoryblog.com. Rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher Smart Radio. Check out my book, The Solo Video Journalist. But mostly, thank you for listening to this episode of the Telling the Story podcast. We'll see you next time.